you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m., at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Good morning. Brr. When Chad invited me to preach about six weeks ago, he didn't tell me it was going to be freaking cold like this, but anyway, <laughs> but that's okay. I've, uh, I've thought about many um, sunrise services I have preached throughout the years, and uh, it's been colder than this at some of those, so it kind of gets me in the spirit of, yeah, bring on Easter, bring on spring. It's a, it's a joy to be worshiping God. It's a joy to see all these cars here. We're almost back, uh, back to normal, quote unquote, whatever that is. We'll get there, won't we? And those of you who are worshiping from home, uh, what a great medium. We thank all of our technicians for making this possible. My goodness, it's kept us connected. Have you ever attended a ball game uh, where maybe you were highly invested in its outcome? Maybe you were a participant, maybe your child was playing, uh, maybe your family was involved. Uh, we tend to get quite involved, don't we? Even to the point of screaming are hollering. Uh, I must admit, yesterday afternoon, uh, when uh, Mintz made those three three-pointers, within about a minute, I let a, out a loud whoop. And Susan came running from the bathroom in the back room and said, what's going on? I said, wow, Mintz made three threes, just boom, boom, boom. Uh, and you know, we haven't had a lot to whoop about this year, so uh, certainly that brought uh, great, great joy, a, a very passionate pouring out. Um, I've also reflected about how I almost got kicked out of a high school gym. Uh, uh, my family will remember this. Our, our, our girls were in high school in western Kentucky, and basketball uh, is very, very passionate there, as it is here. And uh, I wasn't too pleased with the officiating, and I was getting pretty vocal. And one of our girls' teachers right behind me was telling me to shush up and, and sit down because I was about to, to get thrown out. Well, some have passion for sports. Some have passion for music and the arts. Some have passion for antique cards, whatever. We can get pretty passionate, can't we, about life? And today's passage tells us about Jesus and his passions. We know how passionately he loved. We know how he healed, how he taught, and how he led with great passion. And today's passage shows us how he acted sometimes, and his passion spilled over. Jesus and his family had gone to Jerusalem. It was Passover time. That meant there was a large crowd gathering in Jerusalem. And for the opportunist, this was a great opening to make some quick bucks, to make some money as 
sacrifices were being sold so that they could be brought into the temple. So when Jesus went into the temple and he saw this flurry of activity, he saw all these merchants and these dealers uh, doing all kinds of deals and selling these creatures and animals. He was outraged. He was furious. Yes, he was angry. Well, this passage from another gospel, all four gospels record this passage, this incident in Jesus' ministry. But our Sunday school lesson last Sunday talked about the scholars tried to play down. Oh, he really wasn't that angry. He just kind of went in and said, shoo, get out of here, you bad people. Or uh, he just kind of took his finger and flipped over a table. Well, really? No, he was upset. He took the time to make a whip. And if he made a whip, don't you think he used it? Because he was upset with what those people were doing. And he drove them, he drove those dealers out of the temple. And Jesus said, stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. It was personal for Jesus. My father's house. Don't do stuff like that here. Now, we do know that it was customary for uh, sacrifices to be sold. People who traveled a long way to get to Jerusalem couldn't bring all those sacrifices with them. So it was, it was uh, normal for servants to be there, merchants to be there. But also, there was a great opportunity for corruption and adding on additional fees. And that's what was happening for sure. The disciples say in verse 17 of this passage, passion for God's house will consume me. And that's a reference back to Psalm 69 verse 9. Concern for God's house will be my undoing. Jesus knew his passion for his father's house would be his undoing. Let's, uh, let's unpack that a little bit more. I think there were clearly uh, some reasons why Jesus was so passionate in this passage. I think first he wanted to restore the respect for God's house. He wanted to restore respect for God's house. He was offended for God. This temple was being desecrated by these merchants. And it wasn't being respected. God wasn't being respected. God, that's not the kind of worship God wanted. Uh, we can think back to Amos and some of the prophets where they said, uh, God would say, I despise the smell of your sacrifices and your false offerings. God knew that, well, yeah, they're going through the motion and offering these sacrifices, but he knew in their hearts that's not really what they were thinking about. God knew their intent was corrupt and the appearance of worship was not what it needed to be. Well, we know about desecration of sacred spaces, don't we? Need I remind us one more time what happened January the 6th as our Capitol building was being desecrated by the insurrection mob? How could it be 
that these law-abiding citizens were invading the Capitol and attacking the Capitol Police and get this, beating the police with the Blue Lives Matter polls? Give me a break, really? Where's the respect in that? We know, we know the respect that's called for in true law-abiding people. Well, I don't need to go any further than that, and I don't think that's all political, because everybody, surely anybody who saw that, would be furious, would be outraged, would be passionate. Yes, Jesus wanted to restore the respect of God's house. I think also he wanted to restore the reasons for the temple. Uh, the main reason wasn't selling sacrifices, selling animals. Why do we come to the temple? Why do we come on this special day, he was trying to say. In Luke's gospel, we have uh, recorded the story when the Jesus' family went to Jerusalem and they left and, and they, all at once, a couple of days later, they thought, where's Jesus? And they finally went back and found him in the temple where he was discussing scripture and discussing about God. And so he said to his parents, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? I must be about my father's house. Well, he's saying that again in this passage in John. He's saying, I'm here to learn about God. I'm here to talk about the word of God. I'm here to uh, speak for God. The temple has always been a place to discuss the scripture, to teach God's laws and ways, not for making money and not for profit. Matthew's accounting of this says, don't you know that my father's house must be a house of prayer and you have made it a, a den of thieves? Yes, Jesus was passionate about the reasons the temple was established. Well, I think there's one more key reason why Jesus got so passionate in this particular scripture. I think he wanted the people to rediscover the real mission and the right purpose, God's purposes for us. If we recall one other time when Jesus started his public ministry, he went into the temple again. He kept going back, didn't he? Like we, we keep coming back to God's house. But he went into that temple and the scroll was open to the prophet Isaiah. And Jesus read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has sent me to proclaim good news to the poor, release to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And then he said, Today, this is being fulfilled. Today, this is being fulfilled. In other words, Jesus was saying, I'm here. And this is why I'm here. Release to the captives. Good news to the poor. Recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus wanted the people then and now to rediscover why we are the people of God. The house... The house he's speaking of is a building, yes. The temple was a structure, 
And it's much, much more than that. We have an expanded definition of the house of God. We know uh, the words, I'm the church, you are the church, we are the church together. Yes, that's the church building here behind me. And we are the church gathered. And what Jesus was trying to say here was to offer perfect animal sacrifices was not so much what God wants us to do. He wants us to allow God to perfect our hearts in love for all God's people. He said, uh, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. He was talking about his own life, his own body. And he knew that his passion for God and for these causes would get him nailed to the cross. He was focusing on the poor, the needy, the lame, the children, the vulnerable. Uh, that's not a popular campaign theme in a lot of circles. But Jesus still took up the whip and he took a stand. And on that passage of Isaiah, he stood throughout his life. He was making a public statement that day. Let's focus on God's children all of God's children, not just some of the favored ones. And Jesus welcomed the blind and the lame and even the rambunctious children into the temple. I was thinking about my last full-time uh, church appointment was at Hopkinsville First Church. The, the decade before I got there, the church was getting older and grayer and dying, frankly. And then there was a reestablishment, a new energy, a new music ministry brought it back to life, Janelle. It was a, it was a powerful time. Children's ministry started emerging. And children were running down the aisle, down uh, to the chancel for the children's moment. And oh, uh, some of the ladies... Uh, some of the elderly ladies were thinking, oh my gosh, they're causing so much noise and this is not really respectful. But there was a lady named uh, Mrs. Yost. The Yost family were uh, a, certainly a well-respected family in that community. And Mrs. Yost spoke up and said, now ladies, in her gentle way, leave them alone. Isn't it wonderful? We have children in the church. Let them be loud and rambunctious. We're alive again. And that's what Jesus, I believe, was saying too. Let the children come on in. At least it's a sign of life. And we certainly need that. Well, what about us? How disturbed do we get when we see inappropriate activity? How passionate are we about getting it right about what God's word really means? How upset are we when we hear Christians twisting the Word of God to make a passage mean what they want it to mean, not necessarily what it truly means in its own context? And yes, uh, that's happening a lot. This week I even read an article about how the white supremacists are using Christian symbols more and more. Really? Doesn't that get you worked up a bit? Yes, we are passionate, and we must become passionate how our culture doesn't really care about all the people 
Jesus cared for. And there's so many ways that's happening. We, uh, Chad spoken of uh, the flooding across uh, Kentucky. I, I texted him the other day and asked how they were doing, and, and he was talking about the flooding in Powell County, and, and he said, unfortunately, it's uh, those who are more marginalized that are, are getting hurt the worst. Uh, maybe those on the other side of the track. And I thought about a lot of these people out there who've been flooded don't have insurance. I doubt they have uh, that pocket of money safeguarded like we're all advised to do in case of emergencies. So we know the truly needy are there and we can and we must rally and we will. The flood buckets, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, are already there in those communities, and we're going to replenish those. United Methodists have, through the decades, done a lot when we've been united, and hopefully will continue to be united in mission. But more likely, uh, the temple of God is a place where we can love one another and serve one another as God's people. We heard Savannah sing a place at the table just a few minutes ago. A place at the table for the young and the, for the old and for creators of justice and joy. I believe that's what Jesus was really saying that day, that we must be creators of justice and joy like he was. He really, uh, he really stirred the pot, folks, in his day. He stood up for those who needed somebody to stand up for them. And that's what his ministry and message was all about. And today, as we come to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion, uh, God says there's a place at the table for all of us. The scripture says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I believe all includes me and includes you, not just those we don't like. And the invitation to Holy Communion that I'll share in just a moment says that all, all are invited to the table of the Lord who love him. You know, uh, We've, we've gotten pretty good at excluding some people uh, and including just maybe those we want at the table. I'm participating in a Zoom uh, group that's growing each time we meet about diversity and how to expand our church to be more diverse and welcoming of all people. Dick Didik from our church is coordinating that and he references and talks about how we need to extend the table, make the table longer so there's more room others might come and receive and participate. So yes, Jesus was very passionate about his ministry. And here we are into the third week of Lent and as we face closer and closer to this cross of Calvary. May we be reminded 
What put Jesus on that cross? His love for God and his love for everybody in the world. May that be something we'd be willing to stand up and fight for and commit our lives to. Let us pray. Holy God, as we seek to understand the Holy Scripture and what Jesus was doing that day in the temple, we see his passion. We know how he loved you. We know how he loved your people, including us. And so may we commit ourselves to being your house, your people at work in this world, offering love, seeking justice, standing up for the downtrodden, helping the poor, reaching out in every way we possibly can to love you and love our neighbors. In Christ's name, amen.